said to do it. Um, but I think the long answer is the reality is like how do you how do you know what to actually do? Anybody can if you if you're literate, you can open a Bible and read. Okay, I'm supposed to be the priest of my home. I'm supposed to be good in I'm supposed to be uh you know good in business. Okay, I'm supposed to do this. Yeah, but like okay, on Tuesday at 11:30, like what do I do? You know what I'm saying? Um, but the model for which it seems as though God just understands human beings, and the reality is we need to see somebody doing that, you know, and uh, someone to come walk alongside of you and just say, "Hey, homie, this is how you do it," you know. Um, this is how this is how this life is lived out. I think of just the most simple examples of like, you know, I grew up in in Los Angeles, and uh, right around I was young enough to see like the high school boys starting like like the like the whole skateboarding scene like you know the dogtown stuff like i lived close enough to that to that area to see this culture being started at the same time you know i grew up with a lot of graffiti artists and b-boys and stuff like that and how you learned how to ollie was one of the eighth graders you went outside on the curb and he was like look this is how you do it no do your feet like that like that's how you do it you know what i mean and you became and you were part of the crew because you were part of the crew you know, uh, and and since you were part of us, I'm gonna show you how to do this. You know what I'm saying? With my family, like I didn't have to, I didn't have to try out to be my 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 parents' child. There was no auditions for that. No, you are already my kid. Now I'm gonna show you what it means to be a part of this family. We wash dishes at this time. We respect our elders. This is where we do this. So that was happening as we were living. You know, and I think it's the same with the body of Christ. Like, no, you're in here because Christ brought you in. And let me show you how to live it. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that that's ultimately that's that's just how God knows. That's how we work. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. And that was a powerful that was a powerful uh, um, introduction to this eleventh commandment uh, mentality that we need to just break. We just need to break this mentality that uh, we're willing to sacrifice. Um, biblical truth for feelings and emotions and things that are driven by the culture and human secularism. And um, one of the things we're going to be discussing today, actually quite a few of them, is the idea of how do we get this done? How do we change culture? How do we change people? How do, how do, we, how do we build a church and have a consistent process of, of um, discipleship and turning turning uh, people's affections from the culture, their flesh, their ideology into loving God and appropriating the Word of God in their homes and and raising children that uh, that are honorable and um, just totally contradicting the culture that we are the children of God. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. And um, we live differently. We walk differently. We talk differently. And and this 11th, this 11th um, commandment mentality that, again, I, I will continue to reiterate that, that will sit there and, and is more concerned about your approach to something than they are about the truth of something. You know, they'll complain about how, how we... Um, you know, you're you're against the idea of abortion, and not and they're they're not even willing to acknowledge the fact that they're murdering a baby. You know, but they're they're the concern that we don't we're not acceptance enough, and we're not nice enough, and we're not and we're not we're not approving of of their behaviors and their ideology. Well, that's the eleventh commandment, Christian. That's 
comes from an 11th commandment preacher that they preach this uh this uh, relativism you know uh, that they don't want to be distinct and different they want to be relative to the culture no we have a message we have a god we serve him we love him um as you listen to yesterday's uh, message um on uh, the podcast you know, you find out that there's one God, you know, we, we bring our family into order and, and we're going to continue that because this is important. This is important. So we're going to be discussing today is Titus. Oh man, Titus, Titus is absolutely, Titus was absolutely one of Paul, the great apostle Paul's uh, um, soldiers, if you will. Him and Timothy were given pastoral assignments, but um if you look at uh, if you look at Titus, Titus was given a very difficult difficult uh, uh, assignment, and he had to put something in order. If you read the book of Titus, you know the three chapters that you have in there. You have you have Titus that was was put in place by Paul in order to bring order. Now this is this is this is absolutely uh, mind blowing because they they had these house churches and several churches. Uh, or house meetings where they were gathering and and they had some issues in there and and Paul Paul leaves um, Titus there and says get this place in order okay put it in order and again with the with the eleven commandment with the eleven commandment mentality it's like oh just let them do as long as they love Jesus you know it's it's their it's their um, you know it's kind of their uh, it's just the way they do things and you don't have to just just as long as they come to church just as long as they sit in just as long as they're nice just as long as they're not disrupting everything they can live any way they want as long as they they just love Jesus it's because it's all about love it's just all about love and it's all about feelings and sentiment and emotion and their intentions were good, you know. So no, Paul Paul puts Titus there and says, "Get the place in order. Get the place in order." And I'm going to show you how. Okay, I'm going to show you how. I'm going to leave you some instructions on how to do this. Number one, you're going to reestablish leadership. Okay, you're going to reestablish leadership. You're going to put leaders in place. Okay, and. Um, and number two, you're going to put manly leaders in place. You're going to put men in place as elders. Okay, you're going to put as well as older men. You're going to also put older women in place, mature people in place. Okay, these are people that have maturity in them already. You're going to put them in place. They're going to put elders in place, manly elders in place, men that know how to be men, men that know, understand their manhood responsibilities as protector and providers of their family and always and also priests and prophets of their homes. Those are what we would call elders. Number three, then we're going to get them biblically functioning families established in the home. So this is this is the, the 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 approach that Titus receives from Paul. Number one, put put godly older men and older women in charge of discipleship. And I, I, when we get this uh, uh, to this point later on, um, and we explain it a little bit uh, in more in depth, um, you'll you'll see what I mean on uh, why it's important to have godly older men and godly older women in the church okay and then godly godly manly godly manly again again manly why because 
there's a role that men play. There's a, there's, there's, we have this uh, toxic masculinity and this demasculinity uh, or, or the feminizing of America that we have going on in our society. And what we would, what we would call the evangelical feminism that has gone on in the church and has been embraced where feminism has taken over the church. I mean, I can, I can point out some instances, but I won't um, for the sake of just keep keeping this thing moving. Okay. So godly manly elders put them in place. Biblical functioning families will then be a result. That's your goal is to get biblically functioning families in the homes. Okay. And the, number four, I put this in on my own, um, on my own to let you know that Paul lets Titus know that you're not going to do this by yourself, that all these groups that he told him, you know, the, the elder, the elder, uh, elderly men and the elderly women, they're going to help you. The godly manly elders, they're going to help you. Biblically functioning families, they're going to help you. You're not alone. This, this, this is all going to work together. So when you're building church plants, when you're building, building um, uh, ministries or reestablishing ministries, look for these type of things to break this 11 commandment mentality because it's going to take people of substance to do this. It's going to take people that understand it and get, get the message of the gospel down. Okay. So when you look at Philippians chapter 3, 15, and this is, this is important because it takes a mindset. It takes a mature mindset. It says, I press forward to the goal of the, of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So this is, this is a, a, a mindset, okay? He's talking about having a mindset, a mature mind, okay? That word mature is teleos. Teleos means to, to have a, com a complete application of labor towards growth, okay? That you understand that it's going to take work towards growth. You know, the reason, the reason uh, there's no perfect people is because perfect people never mature, okay? They never mature. They're there, but we are maturing. We are growing, okay. And we go through phases and stages of 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 re re reevaluating information, and and we abandon some things and we grow towards other things as they continue to move us towards a contextual belief in who Jesus Christ is and what He requires of us. And so this idea of of the mentality of growth, this idea of, of maturing people. See, church is the only place where you can function in something without without being mature, okay? Without really having an understand a full growth um, uh, uh, platform behind you, okay? And, and we need to check that. We need to change that. And Paul writes to Timothy and says, you need mature elder men, men that, that have been at it for a while and women that have been at it for a while. You need them in place. They're, they're, they're important to the process of breaking the 11th commandment mentality that's so prevalent in the world. I mean, think about this. If you don't have mature 
okay, mature. Say you, you get a plumber t- that comes to your house or you go to a doctor that goes, that, you know, let's go with a plumber. You, go, you got a plumber and, he's, and you ask him a question about how to change a pipe and he looks at you and goes, well, I, you know, I've been at this for 30 years. I don't know the answer to that. You're like, what, what do you mean you don't know the answer to that? Don't, don't work on my house. You know, you know the answer to that? You don't work on my house. You know, we, we do this in church all the time. You know, people have, people have um, you know, been sitting in churches and you ask them a, a theological question or you ask them a, a, a question regarding doctrine or you throw a word at them like propitiation or, or um, sacrificial atonement. When you start throwing those, those t- they look at you like you have, you know, like, like a, a cow looking at a new gate, you know, staring at him like, I've never heard that before, or I'm not a pastor. That's immaturity. Okay, that's immaturity. That's no growth in the Word. That's no really understanding the, the total aspects of who God is and what He requires of us. So maturity has to do with the ability, the ability to set to set goals and hit your goals, whether they be moral or mental or psychological, maturity causes you to move in that direction, okay? Constantly causes you to move in that direction. So this maturity, okay, is necessary in order to establish the church and to establish people. You need mature people, people that that understand and have a mindset that have moral character and they are they are constantly moving towards goals and ideas and agendas okay they know when they've hit a goal uh, mature people know when they've achieved their goals okay so that's the idea of maturity maturity means to come to a fullness of okay they come to a fullness of in fact second peter chapter 3:18 says but grow in the grace and the knowledge of the lord jesus christ to to him be the glory but now and forever to grow oxiano oxiano that 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 word that word means to expand and increase it means to to kind of puff out your chest it's the inhale exhale the the expanding of your lungs you know it's that it's that when you when you take that deep breath your chest puffs up that's the increase that's the growth okay there's a there's a verse in in the book of acts where the word of god increased in them okay and that that means that the word of god began to expand and grow so your leaders must be the leaders and the people that you put in place must grow in the knowledge of god which means they have to outgrow some things okay and that that is the process of maturity to outgrow some things and to outgrow some appetites and i grow i'll grow some people and i'll grow some cultural issues and i'll grow these things this is important to the to the process that paul is laying out to titus okay these are supporting scriptures and we're going to get into titus in a minute okay so we need to grow okay we need to grow and so Paul lays out for Titus this pattern, okay, this pattern. So we need matured people, but how do you have mature people? Because they grow, okay, they grow. Mature people grow. They're not afraid of growth. They're not afraid of, of letting go of miniature ideas and low thinking and, and uh, lower living. And they're not afraid of that. They know that, that if they sacrifice here, they're going to grow there, okay. That if they stop doing this, they're going to start doing this, okay. This is the process of maturity that is required in order to really shift a culture, to really shift 
uh, a church is the fact that you need elderly people, people that have that have maturity within them, that they have an understanding of how knowledge works and how the process of the kingdom of God works. And then you have to have these mature people that understand that they're growing, that they should be growing and they should be expanding and they should be they should be um, um, out outgrowing the culture and these low lower ideas that held them back for so long. So Paul Paul begins and you know and he starts to lay out okay so those are your four cat those are your three to four categories the you know the elderly men and the women then you have the godly men as elders and then you have your biblically functioning families what do families function like you know your church is not is 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 never is is never going to be as strong as your families are okay that's why you have to focus on those families that's why that's why the Marxists in this country, the far left and the, and the culture, and Satan hates the family. They hate a marriage. They hate strong children. They hate, they hate a family coming to church and getting out of the car and running into the, into the church. They, they hate that. They hate the fact that, that your family and your marriage is together. They hate that. Why? Because that, that is the fabric of our nation. That is the fabric of the church, is the family a strong family is a strong church and you you need to understand that so Paul's whole intent is to get the church in order and Titus has the task listen to what he tells him in Titus 2:1 but as for you speak these things which are proper for sound doctrine the word sound doctrine okay is is high, the, the word sound is hygieno which is your greek word for the word hygiene that's where you get hygiene good christian hygiene comes from good doctrine or teachings or the teachings the orthodoxy okay good teaching okay so if you got to have um hygieno orthodoxy good teaching because what that does is that gives you good clean living and so what paul tells him speak the things which are proper for good doctrine or good teaching give the people some some good Christian hygiene, okay? That comes from sound doctrine. So you have to speak these things. Verse 6 of chapter 2 says, Exhort the young man. See, this is important about how you talk to young men, okay? How you talk to a young men. Exhort them. Push them in the right direction, okay? Verse 7 and 8 of chapter 2. In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibly. Uh, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say about you. So Paul begins to tell Timothy, look, you're going to have to have men of integrity. You're going to have to be a man of integrity. You're going to have to be somebody that gets in front of people, exhorting these young people, showing them the doctrine with pure integrity. Don't be hypocritical. Don't be, don't, don't say one thing and do another. Don't have a rule for them and a rule for yourself. You know, don't, don't do these things. You have to have integrity. The word integrity comes from the word, from the root word in integral or to be one. In other words, be one with your message. Don't, don't have duplicity inside of you. Don't have, don't be double-minded. Okay. Don't have a rule for them and a rule for you, a rule for your your family and a rule for them or where the pastor's kids or where the you know no that is that is in that's incorrect so Paul lays it out for him that he's going to have to he's going to have to demonstrate himself number one he's what's he going to do again let's quick review of this 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 uh, chapter two 
that he gives them. You have to give good sound doctrine, good Christian. Then you have to get in front of young men. Those that are young, that, that word young happens to be new in the Lord. Those that have just come in or those that are new converts. Okay. And what you want to do with them is you, you have to live with integrity in front of them. Get, live out your good doctrine in front of them. You have to have good, strong speech. Don't, don't laugh at their dirty jokes. Don't, don't have profanity coming out of your mouth. Don't, don't even give them one, don't give them one ounce of the culture. You stay true to the gospel. Don't laugh at their crazy stuff. Having nothing, because at the end of the day, you they all have nothing evil to say about you. They want to sit there and say, wow, you were doing this and you were doing that and you were with us and, and you know, you had a drink too and, and, and you know, you, you were just trying to be one of the boys. No, you're not one of the boys. You're a man of God, right? You, you, are, you are a leader. You are an example. You're not an exception. And so Paul begins to lay this out for Timothy. Again, how to, how to break the 11th commandment mentality. How to toughen up some people, right? And then verse 15, it says this uh, of chapter 2. Speak these things. Exhort, rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. In other words, once you live with integrity in front of people, once you've given them sound doctrine, once you have, you have um, pushed these uh, young men to see the pattern of living that you're laying out for them because of the sound doctrine you gave them, then you're ready. Now you're ready. Now you're ready to go to the next level. I like what uh, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 says this. Remind them to be subject to rules and authorities, to obey, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. So again, here is the picture where um, Ty, Paul writes to Titus and he, and, he, and he just says, remind them. Okay, Because see, this is part of discipleship. This is part of discipling. This is part of, of re, uh, tearing down old patterns and old ideas and old ways. And, and again, the 11th commandment person says, well, you know what? I, I really like that. You know, uh, you know, do I really have to do that? You know, it, it doesn't have to be so legalistic. Well, listen, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities. In other words, break every form of rebellion. Okay, break every form of rebellion to obey. Okay, learn to obey. That means to submit your will to someone else, to obey, okay, to be ready for every good work, to and not to speak evil of people. Don't talk trash. Don't talk trash. That's part of that's part of the uh that's part of the uh maturing levels. Okay, it's don't talk trash. If you're a leader, don't talk trash. If if some you don't have anything good to say about somebody, just keep it because you don't know who's listening. Okay, this is part of maturity, okay. So when you start looking at all these elements, okay, Paul begins to lay this, I, this, this process out, this three-pronged process, older men and women, godly, uh, godly manly leaders, and biblical functioning families. Those are the three tables. Those are the three legs of a table or a stool, if you will, that that break the 11th commandment mentality because it's going to take some hard work. It's going to take people that have experience. It's going to take people that understand sound doctrine. It's going to take these things. So let's look at 1 Timothy, um, uh, 1 Timothy 1 9. Watch this. Hold fast the faithful words as, as he has been, as has been taught that he may be able 
he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. Okay, what's he saying here? He says, these are the men that you're looking for. Those, those, who, have hold, those who hold fast to the faithful words as he's been taught. In other words, the, the ability to process a message, the ability to, to take the message, process it through, and then give it to others and to share it with others. Not in a way that twists, well, the pastor really didn't mean that, or this person, you know, the, that's not really what the Bible says. No, no, no. Preach it the way it is there. It's given to you. Okay? And this is part of maturity. These are the men, and this is the these are the elderly mothers and 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 fathers of the church that take the faithful word the way it has been taught to them. Don't change it just because the culture changes. Don't change it. I mean, there's so many, there's so much um, uh, <laughs> human secularism in the church now where man is the man is the um, answer to everything. You know, no, no. Stay, stay with the teachings of the church that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. In other words, so the men of the church, okay, the, the elders of the church, Okay, the mothers and the fathers, or the elder women and the elder men, what they are able to do, what they are able to do is because they have sound doctrine, they're able to exhort. Okay, they're able to push people in certain directions. They're able to speak to certain things because of the sound doctrine and convict those who contradict. In other words, those that are not getting the message right, they straighten it out. So elders, okay, elderly men, okay, and elderly women are part of this process of working the church, working the doctrine, working the message. So when people start doing things, okay, when people start doing things, it um, that they, they contradict, they're able to exhort them by by teaching them, by giving them sound doctrine, that they know the message, that they understand the message, that they're not contradicting themselves, but they are they are true to the message. They're able to handle it. They they speak it the way they've heard it. They speak it the way they understand it. They speak it and they give it. Why? Because it worked for them. It'll work. for for these ones, these young ones, they need to grow and mature. Okay, that's the beauty of this process is that you have men and women. Now, do you know men plural, women plural? What does that mean? Okay, most churches when they start when they start seeing this, okay, when they start looking at this and they they start saying, you know, um, let's have a men's group, and they have one man teaching all these men. Okay, all these young men, or they have women's group, and they have one woman, which is the woman leader, and she's head of the department, and she's teaching all these women. It's not one woman, it's women, it's women, plural, men, plural. It's, it's the process of men, more than one, teaching and working among them. That's why you need strong men. Okay, it's just not one person doing all the teaching. It's these men that are getting the message and growing and maturing. It's these women that are growing and maturing, and they are all teaching. Okay, they are all teaching. Okay, it's it, it, it's powerful. It's a powerful message. Paul wasn't teaching make a women's department and a men's department when one person controls everything. No, it's all the women in the church as they mature. They take on a responsibility to train the women and men to train the men, okay, in sound doctrine, in what? Great living, 
Okay, so that's important this, as, we, as we process this. So we have men and women that are mature. They're teaching. They, they begin to take on the younger one as, under their wings, and they begin to cause them to grow in the doctrines of the Lord. Okay, I like Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, which proves this out. He says, The older men be sober, be reverent, temperate, sound in faith, and in love and in patience. The older women likewise, listen, so this is, this is, this is how you gauge this. Okay, uh, sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, and in patience. Why? Why do you need patience? Why? Why do you need to have love locked in? Why do you need to have faith locked in? Why do you need to be temperate? Why do you need to be reverent and be sober, be aware? Why? Because you're going to deal with people that don't get it yet. They're maturing and you have to, you have to stand alongside them. That's why it's not just a one-man show. You don't do this by yourself. You don't break this mentality by yourself. You take the doctrines and as they begin to grow and mature in these things, now they're able to pass their messages on. And it's, and it's women and it's men. It's just not man, a man and a woman. It's men, plural, woman, Pearl, that begin to build the church together. They begin to build the immature ones up to maturity. They begin to, they begin to what? They begin to teach them about, about faith. They begin to teach them about love. They begin to teach them about, about what it takes to follow God and follow Jesus and, and serve the kingdom of God and serve their families. Watch what it says there. Not given too much wine. Teachers of good things. That's, see, mature people teach good things. Good, mature people teach right things. Okay, that they may admonish the young women to love their husbands and to love their children. So now we have we have women teaching women how to love their families, how to love their husbands, how to raise their children. Okay, that is so important. It breaks the eleventh commandment because you know what the eleventh commandment people oh don't tell you know we don't we don't uh, we don't do any any type of discipline with our children. No no you're gonna have to discipline your children. Yes you're gonna have to discipline your children. That's disciple them in in the mindset of the family. Discipleship is important. Okay, discipline is part of it. Oh we don't discipline. You know that that's a whole different. I'll do a podcast on on a biblical discipline for children. Um, at some point, okay. Watch this. And then, not only does not only does it take uh, does it take you to the family, it also takes you to work. Okay, this idea of work, having a good reputation at work, having a good mindset at work. How do you view life at work? Watch this. Exhort bond servants to be obedient to their masters, to be well pleasing in all the. Th- in all things, not answering back, not pl- not pilfering, don't steal from your job, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, in all things. So here, here it is. So when you are a Christian and you go to work, you are to be you are to be demonstrating the doctrines of the Lord Jesus Christ even at work. Why? Because you're maturing the things you used to do, the things you used to laugh at, the things you used to just dabble in, the you know, the crowds you used to follow in. All those things begin to shift and change once you begin to mature and grow. Remember, part of discipleship is outgrowing things. Part of maturity is outgrowing things and acknowledging that those things are no longer necessary. Paul Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke 
as a child, okay? And, and as I matured, it became a full man, I put away childish things. So here you have this mature process, you have this maturity process of releasing things that are no longer necessary, no longer fit, no longer, no longer um, uh, have a place in my life. Now, because I've matured and I've grown out of it, okay? So again, we understand that godly men and women of substance are necessary. This is how you break the 11th commandment. Okay, because, because, because godly men and women, what do they do? They bring in doctrine. Okay, they bring in the statutes of the Lord. They reinforce the teachings of Jesus Christ regardless of anything. Godliness that is that is produced through time and endurance in the Word. In other words, they're not rookies at this. They know the process of the Word of God, what it does in them. Okay, they've learned to endure, okay, through time and pressure through time and experience they've come to this maturity that's what godly men and women do okay that's what godly men and women do they teach doctrine they demonstrate doctrine because doctrine lives inside of them you know doctrine lives inside of them doctrine doctrine of the word of god has processed their emotions has processed their their thinking life has processed everything has helped them raise their kids and has helped them do and they have this they have this mindset now that they're going to pass it on to the next generation listen i'm all for men's group i preach in men's groups i I've spoken in women's groups also i've done both sides of the spectrum but you know it's not man and woman and a woman it's men and women which means in order to have a well balanced church you have to have women teaching women men teaching men what does that mean that 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 your your uh, your knowledge base and your maturity base is now spreading throughout the church that men are taking their not only their protective responsibilities not only their providing responsibilities but they are taking their priesthood responsibilities and they're taking their prophetic um, responsibility serious same thing with the women as they begin to nurture they get the, they begin to um, and mature they begin to nurture younger women they look at over they look over families and and they look over women and and, and connect with them and begin to doctrine and make sure that everything's okay with them and they're growing in the Lord together that's women that should be throughout the church not just from the pulpit not just from the head departments but women should be developing women Okay, men should be developing men. Why? That's what strengthens the church. And this is the formula that Paul gives to, to, uh, Tim, to Titus. Get that place in order. And what was, so fun, what was so funny about Crete was Crete was, Crete was a barbarian place. I mean, it was terrible. In fact, they, had a, they, they said uh, Crete, to, in order to be a, a, a Cretan, you had to be a liar. I mean, think about that. Being in a place where everybody lied, okay? Being in a place where everybody lied. Being in a place where, where corruption and uh, sexual immorality and violence was the rule of the day. And now you got to get it in order. So Paul gives him the plan. He starts saying, look, get those get mature men and women, sound doctrine, that have, that have endured and grown and matured and proven the message. Get them in place. Get manly elders in place. Okay? Get manly elders in place. Now, this is, this is important. Okay? This is important as I wrap this, this, this discussion up. 
because it's a little tough. I mean, the, the, the 11th commandment Christian and the 11th commandment preacher, they don't want to say anything. They, ah, well, you know, that's how they are. And you know what? Give it time and, you know, just leave. No, no. You aggressively attack what's weak. That's the thing. We aggressively attack what's weak. Whether through prayer, whether through uh, intercessions, whether it be through teachings, whether, no, whatever is weak needs to be strengthened by the Word of God. And so Paul writes, and, and again, this is part of, this is part of, you know, um, of the message that Paul writes to Titus about building the church, about strengthening the church, about getting the church in order. Is look, look at your men and women. Get your eldership in order, and then start teaching the families and the houses. It should be affecting the families and the houses. You should be increasing. You should be increasing in the knowledge of God in families and houses, marriages, families, children. Okay, that's that's your that's your step throughout this. And then finally, I close out here. First Timothy, uh, Titus chapter. 1 verse 5, okay? This is for every man. This, this should be for every man. This should be for, you know, everyone, really. It says this, For this reason I left you in Creek that you should set in order the things that are lacking. So, again, when things are missing, a great leader puts it in place. He doesn't allow. He doesn't allow the culture and the and he doesn't allow the, the he doesn't allow the time to be. To, no, no. You fix what's broken. You you put in what's missing. Okay, and appoint elders. This is his done. Appoint elders. Okay, in every city as I've commanded you. If a man is blameless, if a man is this is why I said we need godly men. We need manly elders, men that are men. You have to say that, okay? You have to say that today. Manly men, I know it's offensive. Oh, you mean that you, no, no, we don't play, we don't play the feminine game here, okay? There's man and woman, okay? There's, 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 there's attributes of a man and there's attributes of a woman, okay? This is what we're dealing with. This is what he's talking about, okay? If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, okay? Now, how would you like that? This is for every young man to be blameless, okay? That you're a man, that you're blameless, that you're a son, that you're blameless, okay? This is for everybody, not just an elder, but, it's, it, but if you're an elder, you're training men to be elders. You're training young men to be elders. You're, you're modeling this in front of them. That's why you model so that others can become. Women model things to other women so that they, they can be. Become, showing women how to put makeup on, showing women how to dress properly, showing women how, how to, how to um, organize their homes, showing children how to do these things. It's important to, to model. If a man is blameless, see, you want you, how many, how many parents out there want their sons and daughters blameless? <laughs> the husband of one wife. How many want that when your children get married that they always stayed married, that they marry the person that loves them and, and they, they love the person that they marry, that there's honor and respect. This is a woman of one wife. Having faithful children, not accused of dissipation, dissipation or insubordination. So what he's saying, what he's saying is that have your house in order. Disciple your children. Listen, this is all part of discipleship. 
It's a shame that Christians, you know, we have this terminology, PK. Well, the PKs are the worst. Well, you know what that just reflects? That the parents would much rather disciple the church than disciple their home. Children, children need to be discipled. Why? Because it shapes the heart and the will on how to serve God. Go into yesterday's lesson um, on, um, on getting your house in order, where it says the Lord God is one. Obviously, there's no work being done there. Okay? Obviously, there's no work being done there. So he says, the, if you have children and you're an elder, you, you, your children have to serve the Lord. They can't be insubordinate, little spoiled brats. That, that's a Western idea that we let go while they're under such pressure. No, they need to be put under pressure at home. They need to be, they need to be discipled at home. They need to understand that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And what does that look like today? Okay? What does that look like today? And so when you start looking at this, okay, that the children, okay, of an elder, an elder must be able to have children that are in discipleship process also, because how we serve the Lord is demonstrated through them. Think about that. Think about that. Don't don't let your don't let your pastor's kids be be all spoiled and and, and all and and all you know upside down and you just oh it's so cute it's the pastor's kid you know the pastor's kid has don't make excuses for discipleship that's part of the eleventh commandment mentality is we excuse things when the Bible gives no excuse he says if you're an elder your family reflects your discipleship process at home don't come in the house of God try to disciple everything else and everybody else and your children do not do not even believe nor to have the characteristics of of a believer okay watch this not given to wine I'll say for if a bishop must uh, for a bishop must be blameless a steward of God not self-willed not quick-tempered not given to wine not violent not greedy Man, it, don't you want your sons like that? Don't you want your daughters like that? Right? Don't you want don't you want all the young generation coming up to be blameless? Not to be self-willed, not to be quick-tempered, not to be given to alcohol, not to be violent, not to be greedy for money, not to be but to be now watch this. So those things you not want to be then he goes, but you are to be hospitable, a lover of what's good, sober-minded. Now, 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 stop me, stop me if this is a bad thing, okay? To be sober-minded, to be just, to be holy, to be self-controlled, holding fast the faithful words that have been taught, that, that he may be able, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convict those who contradict. You see, Paul gives Titus the blueprint which is mature, godly men, mature, godly women. Elders. Elders are to be examples, not exceptions, of manly, of manly examples to men. You know, and, and also to women that are looking up, that, that they get the proper perspective of what a man is. And then, after that, the families. How women and men together build families. And once you put these things in order, where you have, where you have elderly men, elderly women, mature, sound doctrine people, 
then you have your next layer, which is your manly elders. Then you have your family structure being built. Paul says, now that's a recipe for success, but it's going to take some work. It's going to take an attack on the 11th commandment mentality. Don't make excuses. Get after it. Whatever is missing, whatever is lacking, put it in place. Put it in order. So God bless you. I pray you enjoyed this lesson today on, on Titus three-pronged stool. Okay, the three-pronged stool. What were they? One more time. Elderly men or mature men and women. Number two, manly elders. Okay, in our today culture as we do it, elderly men and women elders, that's fine. You know, I don't have a problem with that, but just this, the way the text is written, that's the way I'm preaching it to you. Okay, and then finally, families. Build families. Your doctrine should be building families. Men and women should be discipling all over your church. It's not just a man's show or man's ministry or woman's ministry. It's men's ministry where men are discipling the younger and women, plural, men, plural. They're all working together. And Paul says, Titus, if you do these things, you put these type of things in place, you'll get that place rocking and rolling in no time. And you'll break every weak-minded, carnal mentality that you could ever face by sound doctrine. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. And again, Jesus is Lord. Break the 11th commandment thinking. Bye-bye.